You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. And uh, while you're doing that, let's get our Bibles out and uh, open them up to uh, two spots today. uh, Proverbs chapter 18. And once you find that, put your finger in there and then uh, go back to the first book of the Bible. Uh, We'll be looking at uh, Genesis 2 in uh, just a moment. In our series, our marriage series, You, Me, and He, our, our, our message today is entitled, uh, Marriage is a Good Thing. Marriage is a good thing. Uh, we all like good things. We talk about uh, good food and good times and good friends, or you go on a vacation and you want to go on a good vacation. And as Canadians, the last three weeks, now we've been talking about good weather. And uh, we like good things, and, and God has designed a good thing, and he called it marriage, and it is a good thing. Unfortunately, sin has marred it, and unfortunately, the world has distorted what, what God designed as a good thing, um, and as a result of that, there's much hurt. Uh, there's much hurt in our world, there's even much hurt in our churches, uh, there's even much hurt in some of the people in the room, in your own heart, in your own life, because what God designed as a good thing, man took and put a focus on it that wasn't right, that dishonored the Lord, was even sinful, and some of you have lived with uh, some of the consequences of that, and we're going to come to all of that in the series, it doesn't all come in one message, and so uh, hold on tight, we will get there, but the reality and the foundation of all this, this thing that God made called marriage um, is a good thing. It was a good live um, our lives out according to that. And so uh, two verses we want to look at today. So let's stand together. We want to honor God as we uh, read his word. And um, these would be the jumping off verses uh, for our our message today. And uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen, men? Okay, I'll try that. You know what? Let's try that again and give the men an opportunity to really shine. I guess it's unfortunate I had to tell you to do this, but that's okay. That's okay. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. There you go. That was somewhat redemptive, but. And obtains favor from the Lord. And then uh, back over in Genesis chapter 2. And verse 18, then the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you uh, for your word today that we hold in our hands. We pray, Lord, that you would, um, you would guide us this morning through the power of your spirit as we um, hear this message, as we listen to your word God, that we would be receptive um, hearers. We would listen carefully. You give us minds to be able to comprehend this. And then, Lord, would you change us as a result of being here today? Something we will hear, a nugget, or maybe, Lord, a massive thing for us. Um, Lord, I pray that as we look at the example of Jesus Christ in so many of these things, Lord, that you would uh, help us to understand the working in our salvation, his headship in, the, in our marriages, and God, just uh, do a work for your glory through this time. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. 
Well, last week we um, showed some pictures of marriages in our uh, church. We uh, picked on all of the elders and their spouses. And it was interesting because all of us whose pictures were up there last week, we had to go to our albums and open them up and take a picture of the picture. Um, this week is different because we're looking at the staff and all of them, they just went to their computers and clicked on and sent us a picture. And uh, but I'm very thankful for his staff and uh, so many of them who are married, who love the Lord and are growing in their marriages together. So we got some pictures for you to see. Uh, the first one is a picture of uh, Daniel and Mandy Meyer. And uh, Daniel and Mandy were married in uh, 2011 and uh, very thankful for Daniel and his ministry here and for Mandy. I need to uh, go off script for just a second um, because I've asked some other people to send pictures in for the weeks to come. And I, I learned from Daniel, sorry, Daniel, you're in the room, you get it anyways, but it's a good idea to ask your wife if you sent the right picture. So when the picture he originally sent got vetoed, and uh, this is the picture. And uh, so, um, Daniel and Mandy, great blessing in our church. The next couple is Mark and Jen Hosh. Um, they too were married in 2011, and um, thankful for them, and they're coming to our church this, this year. Uh, Julianne and Callum Graham. Julianne serves in our office. Callum serves in uh, leading our young adult ministry, and uh, they were married in 2015. Um, Gala and Ezra Meled. Uh, Gala serves as our Harvest Kids Director. Ezra uh, serves alongside of her, but also serves on um, the worship team and uh, very thankful for them in their ministry. I love this next picture. This is uh, JC and Trish Fernandez. Um, <laughs> JC takes care of the building here, uh, works tirelessly. And uh, so many people maybe don't even know who he is, but are so thankful for him. And his wife, Trish, was on the worship team this morning. Uh, very thankful for them, part of our team. They got married in 2009. And, and the last picture is a picture of Jason and Jenny Locke. And uh, <laughs> see, you can see that wives have influence over their husbands in that <laughs> picture right there. And uh, they got married in 2014 and just thankful to God for them and uh, his working in their lives. And God is good to us. You know, the first recorded words of man um, in the Bible where man actually said something is Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 23. It says, then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. This was actually a poem um, or a song. And um, I read this quote about this verse this week. It said, you understand that up until now, Adam has just been observing mosquitoes and elephants. No wonder he sang when he laid his eyes on the creature that God brought to him. And God brought to him this creature this beautiful creature called woman, because it's not good that man should be alone. Um, and marriage is a good thing. Each of the points we take a look at today, I want us to understand them in the context, really, of two thoughts. First of all, a good marriage is a testimony in our world. And secondly, a good marriage is a model to be followed. The marriage as God designed it was designed to be a testimony to the people around, and then it was also to be an example 
And so as we look at the areas we look at this morning, I want you to consider your marriage and how it is these things. How is your marriage a testimony? How is your marriage a model? And so the first thing we want to take a look at, marriage is a good thing in our relationship to God. In our relationship to God. That was really the entire message last week, and so I'm not going to re-preach it, but just to mention to you the points we talked about, that marriage, firstly, is God's idea. It's not something that we come up with. It's not something fancy that we thought was a great thing. This was God's design. This was his idea. It was his idea. He deserves our worship in our marriage. He deserves our submission. The example that he led in Jesus Christ deserves our obedience. And when we make a marriage covenant, when we make our promises to each other, we do make them to each other, but we make them to each other before God. And so it's not just some kind of a contract between two people that, well, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, we'll just break the contract. No, it's a covenant. It's a covenant before God Almighty. Marriage is a God thing. The God of the universe. The one who, when we think about his attributes, his holiness, we just sang holy, holy, holy. When we think about his mercy, when we think about his grace, when we think about truth, when we think about the reality that God is all-powerful, the next breath that I have, the next heartbeat that I have, comes from God. He's the one who created marriage. He's the one who designed marriage. And when he made marriage for us, he made it as a good thing. His, his attributes, his, his creation, when you look up in the sky and see the stars, when you get out of the city and you see the beauty of God's creation in the lakes and the mountains and the valleys, and you realize the creator of the universe made marriage for us. The one who's given us salvation in Jesus Christ. The picture in Ephesians chapter 5 keeps going back to what the Lord Jesus Christ did and his example for us and all that God has accomplished for us because in, in him we find salvation. This God, God, the maker, the sustainer, the one who gave us salvation, this marriage that you have, this commitment that you had, comes from a God who gave you salvation when you didn't earn it, when you didn't deserve it, when you didn't even want it. God is also one who gives gifts. He gives gifts, and one of those gifts, man, is your wife, and one of those gifts, wives, is your husband. Proverbs 19, 14 says, House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Is from the Lord. And the spouse that you have is a gift from the Lord. And although it might not feel like it right now, it might be a hard time you're going through. This, this person that God has given to you is a gift from the Lord. Marriage is a good thing. The same God who sanctifies us and this same God who one day will take us to glory comes from a good God. You can finish the statement, God is good all the time right all the time god is good and the gift that you have maybe sitting beside you today in your wife is um or in your husband is a gift from the lord and it's a good gift it's a good gift jesus said some things about about good things he said in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is 
in heaven. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And Galatians 6.9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season you will reap if you um, do not give up. Marriage is a good thing. It was given to us from a good God, a God who loves us, a God who sustains us. And, and so if that is true, and it is, then how is your marriage demonstrating through its testimony and through its model that God is on the throne in your marriage and he is first and he made it and it's a good thing. It's a good thing that God has given to you. Marriage is a good thing. Here's the second thing. It's a, it's a good thing in our relationship with our spouse. It's a good thing in our relationship with our spouse. We talk here about companionship and what God has given us. A reminder back to uh, Proverbs and Genesis. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. And then the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. If it's not good for man to be alone, then the opposite must be true, that it's good for man not to be alone. And God's answer for that in the, the most foundational way was that God gave man a wife. Um, in Proverbs thirty-one twelve, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. This was God's design. This is the way he wanted it. And, and so marriage is good is a good thing in our relationship with our spouse. There's a number of things I want to kind of lay out for you to think about as this now gets fulfilled in our lives. What does it look like? Um, here's the first thing about marriage in our relationship. You leave and you cleave. You leave and you cleave. Uh, Matthew 19, 5 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, when you get married, you have to break the ties with your parents. That's what has to happen. Sometimes it doesn't go well. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes there's still too much holding on to things, and we need to let go. Generally, it's not a good thing to move into your parents' basement after you get married. I'm not saying it should never happen. I'm not saying there aren't reasons why it happens for a short period of time, but don't make that your life plan. You get out, you leave, and you cleave. Do you still love your parents? Of course you do. Do you still respect your parents? Of course you do. Do you still honor your parents? Of course you do. But the reality is now the two of you have become one. And when the decisions that have to be made in life aren't made by running back to mommy to find out what she thinks you should do, the wrestling and the battle and the struggle goes on between the husband and the wife. Do you go back to parents and ask for advice? Of course you do. But there comes a point when you have to decide. I married one couple that I married in the church here, and uh, um, they were kind of coming up to the first Christmas in their marriage, and uh, there was um, some discussion about where things were going to happen, and all of a sudden, this is not going to work out like they thought it was going to work out. It became a big deal in their marriage. Another couple um, in our church where um, one day a mom called and said, uh, we're going to another city for the weekend. You guys are coming with us. And that was the first time they had to say, no, we're not. And it caused a kerfuffle for them. 
You see, when you get married, you now have a relationship with a new person in a new way. You've made a covenant to each other, and there's a leaving and a cleaving. Um, it's part of what God calls us to. Leave and cleave. Here's the second thing. Your marriage is worth, it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Nobody's marriage is perfect. Nobody's marriage is perfect. Um, uh, sometimes we kind of give that impression. We come to church and we sit up straight and we're all cleaned up and we never say anything bad about our spouse. We're in the room. And, but, but behind the scenes or when we're on the way to church, it's, it's not like that. Um, and there's struggles that go on in every marriage. And sometimes we're looking around and we're seeing other couples. And uh, here's, here's the three words that uh, probably you don't want to say. Um, and those are these words. Why can't you? Those words are going to get you in trouble more times than not. Why can't you keep our house clean like they keep their house clean? Why can't you make more money? Why can't you? Why can't you? Why can't you? And, and so often there's this comparison that goes on that's unhealthy comparison because it only sees the best in some, somewhere else and doesn't understand the whole scope of what's going on and and we become comparative. Now, we, we learn through those things. We learn through those things. And those things aren't bad necessarily, but they can't become the focus. I remember the times as an elder here at the church, and uh, as we were growing the early days of our church, we, we would often, in our elders' meetings, be uh, comparing to other churches. Like, what are they doing in Barrie, or what are they doing in London, or what are they doing in Oakville, or what are they doing in... And, 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 I was doing it too. I was as guilty as anybody else. And I found myself getting so frustrated. So frustrated because we're always looking around. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Why can't we do that? Why don't we have this? Why can't we do this? And, and losing sight, me, losing sight of all the amazing things that we had. And we're getting our eyes focused on this little thing over here and forgetting that they did that thing very well and we could learn from it. But they were messed up in other stuff. And sometimes we start looking around and seeing, and let me tell you this, your marriage, that covenant you made before the Lord, it's worth making the focus, it's worth fighting for, it's worth standing for. God has given you this relationship, it's a good thing, it's worth fighting for. It's a lifetime of study and hard work is my next point. Your marriage is a lifetime of study and hard work. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, enjoy life with a wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun. Because this is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Your marriage is a, is a lifetime of studying your spouse and studying how they're growing and learning about them. And Sue and I have been married for 39 years. And I'm still trying to figure her out. She changes the rules all the time. I don't understand it. <laughs> Our life is just, it's, it's, it's a study. It's hard work, but it's great work. 39 years, I wouldn't trade any of them for anything. There have been difficult days. There have been times when we've gone through physical struggle. There have been times when we're raising the kids that it's just like, oh my goodness, what have we got ourselves into? There have been all those kind of things, but it's a, are you a student of your spouse? Are you studying them? Are you learning? Are you growing in that? Marriage is a good thing. It's a relationship. Be faithful to it. Be faithful to it. You said in your vows before God, as long as we both shall live. No doubt in the darkness, there will be times that God will have to sustain and help you, but 
Be faithful to your promises. Um, this marriage that you have, your relationship with your spouse will be filled with pleasure and with intimacy. And we're going to come to this, and one of the messages, we're going to spend a whole day talking about this, but I, I want you to understand that in the marriage God gave you, God gave you not only the ability to make and have children, Lord willing, that's been your story, um, but pleasure. It's to be filled with pleasure as well. I came across these verses. I'd read them before, but they struck me again this week. And Proverbs chapter 30, uh, verses 18 and 19. The psalmist says, Three things are too wonderful for me. Four, I do not understand. Okay, so now you understand, as soon as he says that, the fourth one is the home run going out of the park. Okay? It's like, it's pretty obvious, right? There's three things that are too wonderful for me, but then there's this fourth thing that just blows my mind completely. And uh, here's what he says. Three things are too wonderful for me. Four, I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky... The way of a serpent on the rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and then number four, and the way of a man with a virgin. He's saying that what God has given you in marriage, what God has given us together, what God has created in all of this, in the pleasure of, of a sexuality and in the, uh, the, uh, what, the, pr the production of, of children that comes out of that, is, it's an awesome thing. It's, it blows my mind what God has done for us in your marriage. A good thing. God has given you this as well. And then marriage is an honorable, an honorable thing. Hebrews 13, 4 says, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterer. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9, and 12, a verse that's not specifically talking about marriage, but I believe part of it in the text is about marriage, says this, um, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will help lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one, who is alone, two will stand, withstand him. A thresh, a threefold cold, excuse me, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Some thoughts that come out of that. They share the results of their labor. And when you're married, this, all that you do together, you get to share in it and be blessed in it. They help each other through the difficulties. They complement each other's abilities. They help when the fight and the battle is on around them for strength and courage and help. And then they are, they are regularly committed to each other in their love for each other. A marriage is a good thing. It's a good thing in our relationship to God. It's a good thing in our relationship with our spouse. Now, here's another thing. Marriage is a good thing. It's a good thing in our relationship with our kids. It's a good thing in our relationship with our kids. Remember last week we talked about a marriage was God's plan for populating the earth. That's the way God designed it to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. It isn't that way because of sin and things that come out of it, but the, result, the, the reality is still the same. This is the way that God designed it, and marriage is a good thing in our relationship with our kids. So here's a great question for you if you have children. A good marriage is a testimony in our world. A good marriage is a model to be followed. What does your marriage look like as a testimony and a model to the children that God has 
given to you. Some things we want to learn about the kids God gave us and how we are to um, be an example to them and uh, be a testimony to them. And uh, here's the first thing. Um, your children are a blessing. Your children are a blessing. Now, I realize there are some of you who are here today and your children are waking up at 3 a.m. and then not going back to bed. And there are times when it's hard to understand the blessing. Um, but then you also remember those times and it's just amazing and you're with them and how awesome it is and you catch a glimpse of all of that is a, a we had a, a high school student here last night who on the way home thought it would be a good idea to remind her parents that she is a blessing. And uh, so now you know, mom and dad, I am a blessing. And uh, really wasn't the point I was trying to make, but uh, was the point she got out of it. And, uh, and they laughed. And, you know, I said to uh, the guy who told me that, I said, you know, it's good that you can even talk like that as a family. Lots of parents wish they had that kind of of, of lightheartedness, and they could actually have a conversation like that. But let's remember that the children that God has given to us are, they're a blessing from the Lord. Um, they're a gift as well. Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Uh, Genesis 33.5, when Esau and Jacob are coming together after they had been separated, and uh, says, and when Esau lifted up his eyes and saw the woman and children, he said, who are these with you? And Jacob said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Your children are a gift. Your children are a blessing. And, and we are to be living our lives as parents so that uh, we can be a testimony and we can be an example to them. It's part of God's design of how marriage is a good thing. Your children are an opportunity for you. They're an opportunity for you to shine. They're an opportunity for you to get your priorities right. They're an opportunity for you to live before them. They're an opportunity. Your children are a stewardship from the Lord. You don't own them. They've been entrusted to you by the God of the universe. And they're a stewardship. So live before them in a way that is a testimony and is an example that they would want to follow after. There's probably no higher compliment than a child can say to either of their parents that when I grow up, I want to be like you. When I grow up, I want to do what you do. When I grow up, why? Because, because they're a stewardship from the Lord and you're seeking to raise them and God has entrusted them to you as a stewardship, you don't own them. Uh, children require discipline. Not just corrective discipline, but the disciplines of maturing and making decisions and helping them and all these things. You're, see, your marriage is a good thing. And then in your marriage, God gives you children. And in the raising of your children, you learn how you discipline them. Discipline them when they're disobedient, but discipline them in making good decisions and maturing and, and growing up in Christ. And then the last one, maybe in some ways the most important one, they're not just children that you're trying to raise, but godly children you're desiring to raise. You say, well, isn't that obvious, Pastor? Well, no, it isn't obvious, and it isn't obvious even a lot of Christian homes because the priority so often isn't their godliness, but it's their success. 
And too many parents are worried about getting their kids into extra classes after school so they can go to this university or that university, or they're interested in getting them into sports so they can be the next whoever, or they're interested in, in teaching them how to play an instrument so they'll have this gift and are those things wrong? No, none of those things are wrong, but they become the priority. They become the first thing. And they're not the first thing. The thing you want to pray for your kids more than anything else is they'll be saved. Who cares if they can play hockey? Who cares if they get into the best university? Who cares if they can play the violin? If they don't know Jesus Christ. And God made marriage a good thing so that as parents we can commit to praying for our kids and asking God to save them. And Can you save them? You can't save them. But you can do everything you can to pave the way so that the gospel, when it's heard, is receptive to them. They're like, I see that in my mom and dad. I see that in my grandparents. I want what they have. Sue and I have two kids. We've been blessed beyond what I can even imagine. We prayed for our kids before they were born that they would be saved. I don't ever really remember praying about what school they would go to. And based on my abilities, they would never be sports fanatics. So, um, but here's what God did for us. God gave us two kids who love the Lord. That's a win. What, what, what else could I want? Okay, wait, here's something else, Lord. How about two spouses who love the Lord? And God gave us two kids who love the Lord, who married two kids who love the Lord. I'm a multimillionaire. Not if you look at my bank account, but you look at the value of what God has given to us. And now we pray that our grandchildren will all come to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And two have done that. And three, we continue to pray for every day that they will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And even beginning to pray for who will they marry? See, as a husband and a wife, God has given you this good thing called marriage. And he's entrusted to you children if he's given them to you. And so pray for them. Pray for lots of things for them but pray mostly for their spiritual growth. Pray mostly for their salvation because everything else is secondary after that. Pray for them. Now, maybe you're in the room today and you're like, well, they, they, you have a great story. My story's not so good. Um, we, we tried to raise our kids right and one of them went sideways or they're not living for the Lord and I can't even imagine what that pain is like. I, I've never lived that pain. Um, I've watched other people go through it. But I just want to tell you, if they're still breathing, there's still hope. And you keep praying, and you keep being faithful, and as God opens a door of opportunity, you keep speaking the word, and you ask the Lord to do what only he can do. You can't change a heart, but you can do your part, and so that when you stand before the Lord, you've done what you could do. And you might say, if you only understood how badly we failed in this, then, then today you drive the stake in the ground. We screwed this thing up. But today, Lord, we're committing it to you. And we're, we're confessing what we've done wrong and we're repenting of what we did. But today, Lord, from this day forward, and you allow God to work in his time and his way, and you be faithful before the Lord. God made marriage a good thing. And uh, one of those things is, to raise godly children best you can. Malachi 2, 14 and 15 says, the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless 
though she is your companion and your wife by covenant, did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your wife. Here's the next thing. A good marriage is a marriage with a relationship with our community. Relationship with our, our community. Uh, over in, Ma- in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, that's the a great text we've been looking at about marriage. And um, in the middle of that text, it just talks about the working of Jesus Christ. And now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives, that's verse 24, should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or in any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Without blemish. How is your marriage a testimony and a model in your community? How is it a testimony or a model in your community? Uh, who in your community um, sees your marriage as different? Maybe you've been married 20 years, or maybe you've been married 25 years, and, and, and you actually have had your neighbor come up and say, man, you guys are different. There's something about you. We're wrestling with our stuff, and we find ourselves, and we see you guys wrestling through stuff, but it's different. To so be ready always to give her an answer to the, for the reason of the hope that is in you, for every man that asks you, is a principle that that comes out of godly living, and it comes out of a godly marriage as well. I remember one time our next-door neighbor came over to our house. Her son was going through a very difficult time, and and she just wanted to come and tell us a story and ask us for advice, and she allowed us to pray for her. Why did she come to our house? Because we have a perfect marriage? No, we don't have a perfect marriage. But we had a marriage that was different than theirs and different than the other neighbors. And she came and we talked and we prayed with her. And does anybody do that with you? Does your marriage stand out in any way? So your, your marriage should be making a difference in your community. And whether that's people in your workplace or your next door neighbors or maybe it's, maybe it's family, even extended family. But... The marriage that God has given you is a good thing, and it's to be a testimony of the relationship between a God and his church. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Such a good thing that it was used by God to demonstrate the work of Jesus Christ for lost people. Talking about husbands and how they are to love their wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, and so as a husband, I'm, I'm to love my wife like that, and my neighbors should be able to see that. They should be able to see the things that are different because it's a picture of what Jesus Christ did. It's a picture of Christ leaving all that he had in heaven and setting that aside and coming to earth so that he could be the sacrifice that would save me from my sin and save you from your sin. And you didn't want it, you didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it, and yet Christ came and he did it anyways. It was a self-sacrificing kind of love and passion, and, and Christ did that so that I could put my faith and trust in Christ and I could be saved. See, there's a testimony to the world that our marriages are to have. 
It's a testimony that God can use that other people would ask you for the reason of the hope and you can share with them the reality of the foundation of all this. This is just a picture of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. If you're here today, it's a picture. This is a picture. A good marriage is a picture of what the relationship we got between God and his church, in his sacrifice, in his coming, in, so that you can have salvation. And it's a gift that he offers. You just receive it and the gift is yours. Your marriage is to uh, demonstrate in our relationship and our community. It's a testimony it's a model. The last thing I want to see is it's a relationship in the church. Not only is your marriage to be a relationship um, outside of the church that has impact, but inside the church that has impact. The, the same verses apply where Christ came. And, and so what is your testimony like? I love our, the church the here and how we do things in small groups and how you get to be together in a small group and how small group leaders get to lead their small group. I, I tell you, it's not easy being a small group leader. Just because some of you are obnoxious, that's enough of a reason that it's a difficult thing. But it's, it's also a difficult thing because now people are looking at you. They're focused on you. You're the one, stand, you're the one saying, how can I pray for you? You're the one who's trying to lead them. And, and, and it's a great weight. It's a great responsibility. It's a great responsibility for ministry leaders and staff. It's a great responsibility for elders and pastors that, that people are looking at us. And people in the church are looking at us. Sue and I have done dozens of weddings now in the church. And, and I love it when, when people say, you know, we watch you and Sue. We watch you and Sue. And I'm going, glad you don't get to see all of it. Um, but we desire to live godly lives before the church so that God can be glorified through all of that. And God help us to make that our priority. This thing that God has given us in marriage is a good thing. And so let's live out for God's glory in our marriage. It's a good thing. If you've never been married, it's a good thing. And praying the Lord will give you that opportunity. And if he doesn't, he will give you the grace to... Uh, be fulfilled without marriage, and God can do that, and we can see that in Corinthians as well. Um, to those of you who have had bad examples, you have uh, lived in a home that it didn't, it didn't picture what I'm talking about today. Um, and you're married, and now you're trying to figure it out. Then look at the people around you. And get your eyes off of those other things and there's hurts that need to be talked about and worked out and all the rest. But get your eyes on people who are desiring before the Lord to honor Christ the way Christ deserves to be honored in their marriage. Um, there are people who are undiscipled. They just don't even know. Um, watch people around you. Watch godly people. There are people who are doubting. There are people who are tempted and we have an opportunity to shine as lights to show the good work of God in our marriage. Is your marriage perfect? I can guarantee it isn't. But I can tell you this, in the weakness and in the struggle, if you, if you come to the Lord and, and you, and you um, submit to him in these things, he will grow you up in those things. The difficulty you're going through, it might be too big for you. It probably is too big for you, but it's not too big for God and he can take it, and he can work it through for his glory. The struggle you're working through with your kids, uh, come to unity on, on how you're going to do this based on who God is and on his word, and then allow God to work. Put it on him. And you do your part and allow God to do the rest. 
and, and, and be a testimony and be a model in our church for God's glory. Please, don't turn the church switch on when you get out of the car. I'd rather you came in the door screaming at each other because at least then you'd be honest. But don't do that either. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Allow him to work in your marriage for his glory, for his fame. Because why? Because marriage is a good thing. God made it as a good thing. Well, so what? A good marriage is a testimony. A a good marriage is a model. It's a good thing that God has given to us that we can reflect his image. That we can reflect his image. We reflect his image with the one who we love in our companion in marriage, our spouse. And we will um, reflect his image in the way that we raise our kids And we will reflect his image in the way that he uses us to build his kingdom, both people outside of Christ and people who are in Christ. God help us. God help us to be people of God with God on the throne with this good, good gift that he's given us, the gift of marriage. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the principles that come from it. And Lord, the challenges that that come in a marriage as well, all of them, God, as they are yielded to you, will be used to bring you glory. And so, Lord, you've given us this amazing gift called marriage, and it's a good, good thing. Sin has distorted it. Father, we in sin have distorted it. And Lord, so I pray that you would even work in the hearts and lives of couples today. Maybe there's some discussion they need to have as a result of, of what they've heard today. Give them the courage to do that. Give men the courage to lead their wives in these things. Father, I pray that you would be working in our church, in our marriages, that they would uh, bring glory to you, that more and more every day, my marriage would more and more demonstrate what, what is taught in Ephesians, how, how, how the picture of Jesus Christ in the church. Teach us to do that, Lord. Not so people will look at us and be amazed. They will look at you and be amazed. And do this work we ask for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.